you beautiful people. How many came expecting the Lord to do something? I think he's already been moving, hasn't he? We serve such a good God. So good to see everybody. I am going to do a part two this morning. How many of you were not here last Sunday? Just really quick. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. Stuff happens. Amen. Okay, so what I want you to do is if you were not here last Sunday, you can jump on our church app. If you haven't downloaded the church app, you can do that. Um, you can jump online on our, face, on our website, and you can watch the teachings online or listen to them. And we're going to be building over the next couple weeks on this series called Dangerous Prayers. And last week, I started uh, week one. Can anybody remind me what I spoke on last week? Do you remember what the first prayer was? Search me. Okay, just because just it got uncomfortable there, I'll let you know. Search me, oh God. And uh, last week we invited the Lord to come into our lives. Lord, search me if there's anything in there that you want out. It's got to go. Amen. Time to give it an eviction notice in Jesus' name. Uh, but this week we're going to go on to number two. And I'm excited about number two. I think it might be uh, a challenging area to ask the Lord to move in our life. Next week, we're going to be talking about sending me, sending you. And so the first week, we're like, Lord, um, come on in. We're going to give you permission to get in our junk. This week, we're going to be talking about the Lord to break me. Doesn't that sound positive? Lord, break me. But I want to share with you this morning how God or the Holy Spirit does want to break things off of our life. I believe as a church we're going into a, a time in the kingdom of God where we're going to see a great harvest of people come into the kingdom. I think it's a time where we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe people are going to be delivered and set free once and for all. And I know that God is calling at least our church. I have a word from God as the pastor to really position our church or position you to get ready to do something for Jesus. And God has not called these four walls to move signs, wonders, and miracles, but he's called you to move in signs, wonders, and miracles. God has called us as the church to go into the highways and the byways and win people to Jesus. Amen. And I'm really asking the Lord to stir us up as a church to recognize the lost in the world, um, to recognize those that are hurting around us, and for God to build courageous faith on the inside of you. You are mighty men and mighty women of God. And I know the enemy wants to keep you pressed down and keep you discouraged and make you feel like you're not good enough and all wrapped up in ourselves, but this is the year that we're having a coming out party as the church, amen? It's time to come out of our insecurities, it's time to come out of our apathy or pride or rebellion or whatever areas that the enemy keeps us bound in, and it's time for us to allow the spirit to break us, because when something's broken, what's in it is doing what? It's coming out. So I'm not talking about God breaking you through uh, sickness or disease or affliction and those kind of things, but I'm talking about the breaking where you're willing to die to your flesh, where you're willing to die to patterns of behaviors and addictions and things that are holding us captive. It could be even, I don't want to give God a lot of my time. It could be, I, you know, I, I go to church on Sunday, but, you know, I really don't get into my Bible and I really don't spend time in prayer. Those are areas that the Lord wants to break us, amen. And I'm going to share with you in the word of God that I believe that through this process where you allow the Lord to break you, you are going to shine the glory of God. So it's not one of those messages where you're going to go, yes, Lord, break me, yes, because the process of breaking is not always comfortable. Because when you're breaking, it means that you're dying. 
You're dying to your flesh. You're dying to your desires. You may be saying, I'm going to give away more of my time, God. I'm going to give more of my um, apathy where I know you're calling me to go pray for someone. I'm going to discipline myself and go pray for that person. The Holy Spirit wants to begin to call on you to be uncomfortable. But when you get uncomfortable for God, you know what happens? You're the happiest. When you allow God to flow through in your life, you become so happy. And what happens in the church is we get so involved in our four walls that we're so internal. It's what can the church do for me? I'm going to come to church and get blessed. I need to get a good word from God, right? And all that's wonderful. But God is calling the church to go from the inward to the outward. That now we need to allow God to break us so that we can go into the world. So we can go into the highways and byways. So we can take the message from here and bring it to the world so that we can see a revival. Amen. The Bible says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And I want this church to be put in a position where we are uncomfortable. Let's get uncomfortable for Jesus. Amen. Let's do something we've never done before. I know in first service I was sharing this testimony, and I think the first service crowd thought it was going to be a testimony of like this great resolve at the end. But it was a story where I stepped out in faith, and it didn't end the way that I thought, but I still had to obey God. And I remember when I was 20 years old and I was working for the city of Beloit where my dad launched his first church. And uh, one of the uh, president of the city who I worked underneath um, became ill with cancer. And he got so ill that um, he ended up not coming into work and he had to stay home. Well, here I am 20 years old and I love Jesus with all of my heart. And the Lord says, I want you to go pray for him. And back in the day, you could go knock on people's door. Today, they'll drag you away to jail. For sure, you're crazy. You probably couldn't even find someone's address. But I, I went and I got my parents around me and I got some of the leadership around me. I said, pray over me. I feel this unction to go pray for, some, pray for this man for, he, for him to receive Jesus and to get healed. And so they prayed over me and I just mustered up all the courage I could. And I walked on the front door and I, I knocked on the door and the wife answered the phone and I said, my name is Barb and I work for the city and I know your husband and I really Really want to pray for him and you know would you allow me to come in and pray for him and uh, she shut the door in my face and turned me away and I was 20 years old and I remember how hard that was for me to walk away from that moment not because I was rejected but because that man had a moment that God sent one person to knock on his door to say yes to Jesus and I thought about hell because hell is real and our mission as the church is not to candy coat it. Hell is real. And God has called us as the church to pull people from the gates of hell and to send them into eternity with Jesus. And I was thinking about hell, and we know we think hell is fire. And, you know, the Bible describes what hell is a little bit, the absence of the presence of God. But I thought for just a moment as I was walking to my car, and maybe this man in his midnight hour closing his eyes is between him and the Lord. I don't know. But if he didn't, I thought, what uh, a torment of hell to just say in that moment the devil torment him that all you had to do was say yes. If I could just go back to that moment where all I had to do is say yes to God, yes to Jesus, right? And I don't know what this man ended up doing, but God is calling us as his people to have courageous faith. You're the one that he's going to call and send to the world. You're the one that knows people in your workplace and in the world, and you're the one that's going to give them the opportunity to accept Jesus. It's not your responsibility to get the resolve. It's not your responsibility that they say yes or they get healed. It is your responsibility to go to the world and offer Jesus.
And you may be the one that's going to plant the seed. And you may be the one that's going to water in that moment. You may be the one that sees the fruit and they get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. But you don't know what part you're playing when you open up yourself to say, Lord, I'm going to die to myself. I'm not going to worry about coming to church and being this me, me, me club. But I'm going to come to church to be equipped to go into the world and be obedient to Jesus. Amen. I may be going with my knees shaking. I may wonder if the Lord's going to be there. None of that matters, but you're going to step out of the boat, and you're going to step out in courage, and I guarantee you God's going to meet you right where you're at. There's no greater joy when you can pray for someone and see the love of God wrap his arms around them, leading somebody to Jesus Christ, giving them a word from the Lord. Uh, Thursday night, we had our first uh, Faith Sisters Bible study. We had over 60 ladies here. I am so excited what the Lord is doing because... We are teaching the women, and they're going to do it with the men. We're teaching you that angels are real, and the supernatural is real, and the power of God is real. We're not just in this sweet by and by with this love message. There is the power of God on earth to set the captive free, amen? And he is releasing us as the church to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And he's calling you to get out of your comfort zone, amen, and allowing yourself to step out and be who God's called you to be. I believe in this room, every one of us want to be closer to Jesus, right? Or you wouldn't be here today. I believe that you want all the junk in your life to be given to Jesus. I believe you want to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? You want the fullness of God. And that process is going to take a courageous prayer to say, Lord, I've invited you to search me. I've invited you to be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to go to heaven one day. But now I'm going to take one more step, and I'm going to say, God, break me apart. Break off my ways and my desires, and I'm going to allow you to what? Use me as you will. My life is not my own, Lord, but it is yours. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus at 17 years old, I was sitting in a back pew of a church, and I was raised in a Christian home, but God had to bring me to my own relationship with Jesus, my own outside of my parents. And I remember sitting there, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart and convict me and draw me to him. But I knew I had these things in my life. And I didn't want to be that girl that just played games with God. I didn't want to just, oh, confess Jesus and then go live however I want and then confess Jesus. I wanted to make a commitment to Jesus. And so in that moment, I counted the cost. And I said at that moment, I know I've got to get rid of some friends that I can't bring into the next season. I've got to get rid of some places that I'm going that I shouldn't be going into the next season. I've got to be willing to die to myself. And at that moment, I counted the cost. Am I going to give it all to Jesus or am I just going to play games with God? Now, I didn't know at 20 when I was about to go all in, the awesome mountaintops I would be on, I didn't understand some of the valleys. I didn't understand the betrayals. I didn't understand people walking out of my life. I didn't understand the heartbreak. But at 20, I knew, I'm saying, God, I am all yours. I am here for whatever you want, God. I am willing to do the process. And even though there's been heartache, that breaking, God used that breaking for the goodness of God to come out of my life. See, when you're going through the pressure, when you're going through the brokenness and God's coming into your life, God is causing the greatness of faith to come up on the inside of you. See, you have two choices as a believer when you're being challenged. When, when, when life is coming and you're being broken, you can run to your brokenness and you can run away from God, or you can use what you're going 
going through to run right into the presence of God. You can run right into the arms of God. And when you use it to run into the presence of God, he will begin to cultivate this faith on the inside of you. He'll develop this character on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to do things for God you never dreamed you could imagine. In your brokenness, saying, Lord, here I am, right? I want us to open up to Hosea, my first scripture verse this morning. I can find it here. Here it is. Hosea 10, verse 12, the second part of it. It says this, break up the fallow ground. See, this is our prayer. God, break up the fallow ground of my heart, for it is time to seek the Lord. And that word fallow there, fallow there is very interesting because fallow can mean two different things. I always thought it was the uncultivated land, but it means two things. One, Fallow means cultivated land that is allowed to lay idle during a growing season. See, many of us in this room are at different places in our walk with God. Some of us are baby Christians, and you're just coming into Jesus, and you get so on fire for God, and you're excited, right? And you're seeing the fruit of your life. And then some of us have been serving Jesus a little bit, and there might be a season where it grows idle, where it just grows quiet where your life can be kind of apathetic, where you love Jesus, but you're not really living for Jesus. You're not living for the world either, but life is quiet. And there's nothing wrong with the quiet season. When a, a land is taking a break, when they're farming a land and they don't cultivate it, that year that they don't plant seed, the land heals and restores itself. It's destroying the, we the uh, weeds that are in the ground. See, when there's a quiet season in your life, yeah, God's healing you and God's restoring you. But as believers, it's time for us to step up and go, I've been idle just a little too long. I've been comfortable just a little too long. God, break up that fallow ground once again. See, God has called us to produce fruit in our life. God has caused us to win people to Jesus, amen? He's caused us for people to be healed and delivered around us. How many people are out there lost and dying today and are not in this church building today that you know, aren't in a church building anywhere? Why? Because the lost may never find their way into four walls, but they found their way into your life. They found your way into your circle of influence, and it's our responsibility to get uncomfortable and say, God, break off every excuse I have apathy, idleness, fear, pride, insecurities, and let me be used for your glory. Amen? It's time to get out of our, un, our comfortable zone and say, I'm going to pull up my sleeves, amen, put on my work boots and start doing from something for Jesus. If I've got to work a little harder, I'm going to work a little harder. If I've got to serve at the church and learn how to street evangelize, I'm going to learn how to do that. If we're going to go feed the homeless, I'm going to feed the homeless. If we need to work with the youth ministry or the children's ministry or whatever it is, God wants to stir something up in your heart to be active for the kingdom of God. He's calling the church to arise. He's calling his church to awaken, amen? No more sweet by and by, but it's time to step into the power of the Holy Spirit and allow him to use us in a significant way. And whatever reasons is there, whatever fear or insecurity, God will begin to challenge you. God will begin to raise you up, amen? The second part of that word fallow means this. It means um, areas that are left uncultivated. See, we come to Jesus, and we love Jesus, and when you're born again, and you're going to go to heaven. All of you that have Jesus, you will take your last breath here, and you will go into eternity. But God has called you to have your heart cultivated by the Holy Spirit. He's calling you to allow him to come in and search your heart. 
allow him to break off the things that are holding you back from the presence of God. See, if you take a diamond, and we know the story, we know the process, but a diamond is found at the very core of the earth. See, the greatness of what's on the inside of you sometimes is found so deep buried beneath disappointment and rejection and fears and insecurities, but God sees the greatness that's on the inside of you. God sees the potential on the inside of you. God sees that there's supposed to be 100 people that will come to Jesus and go into the throne of heaven because of your life. But we bury it beneath all these reasonings. But see, the, the, when the diamond is so low, it is the lowest in the ground and is found alone. It is under tremendous heat and pressure. See, this pressure that you feel in your life, this place where you feel like, man, what is happening and where is God and what am I going through is the very pressure that God's going to use to cause the brilliance what's on the inside of you to shine. So don't throw in the towel in the pressure time. Just begin to shout for joy and say, thank you, God, that you are breaking the Lord for the goodness of God to come out of you. How many want to do something wonderful for the Lord? I know you do, but it's going to come through willing to die to yourself. Through your brokenness comes freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we need to be willing to sacrifice ourselves for the goodness of God. Romans 16.20 says this, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. So listen to this. As you are going through life and it feels like the pressure is great and God's making you a little uncomfortable and he's saying get rid of that junk in your life. Be willing to let go of those areas that you're trying to hang on to. He says as you're doing that, I'm crushing Satan under your feet. So you don't have to worry about whatever you're being pressured about. You don't have to worry about whatever you're going through. All you have to do is be concerned, God, whatever is on this outside that's holding me in and holding me captive, I am giving it away. I am being set free, and you're, you're crushing the enemy under my feet, and I will walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. But under the crushing, sometimes we withdraw and we retreat and we get alone instead of just pressing into God and allowing him just to break the stuff off. Some of us need to stop arm wrestling with the Lord and let it go. Amen? Let it go. Let the things that are troubling us, let the things that are worrying us, let the things that we're wrestling with the Lord and say, God, I surrender all. I don't want to wrestle with you. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to wrestle with your will in my life. I'm going to let it go. Say, God, work for me, work through me as your will allows. And when you have a church that says it's not about me, but it's about you, let your will be done, not my will be done, you'll have a church that's set on fire. Why? Because the lost will be coming. And what are we going to do? We're going to reduplicate it. You're going to go get the lost, or they're going to come here, we're going to train and equip them, they're going to go get the lost, and all of a sudden we're going to see a revival of God because we're doing the works of the kingdom. God said, as Jesus said, his last mission was, he says, share the good news. He didn't say build four walls and have a happy church and build great programs. It's all wonderful. We're going to do all that. But that's not the commission of God. The commission of God is to go tell the good news of Jesus and move in signs and demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. That's what his church should look like. And I believe God has shaken his church in this last hour. I believe God has shaken this church. The walls are going to come down, amen. And we're going to go out and we're going to bring them in. And we're we're going to love them back to life. 
There's going to be some of your coworkers that are going to be sitting in this church, serving in this church, amen, ministering at this church. You think the most impossible person to be reached is the one God is really calling the most, amen. It's time to get excited about the lost and the world and quit coming to church being internal. Come to church to get on fire and go back and be contagious to the world, amen. And just know that God is, God is crushing the enemy but God wants to break you also. So let's look at some of the scripture verses. In Luke chapter 10, I'll give you some word today. We, we know this story. I've preached it before, but I want to put it in context with today's message. But Luke chapter 10 says this. Now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now something you have to understand about this story, Jesus came often to Martha and Mary's house. He was a visitor there. He was a friend of the family. Remember, he raised the dead from raised Lazarus from dead. So this was customary. What did the women do? The women served, the women prepared, and the man sat in the room and talked to Jesus. But there was something different happening at this time of Jesus' visit. There was something different in the spirit, and Martha was still busy about being worried about the old things instead of discerning what's happening right now. See, we can be so busy about church, we can be so busy about our life that we're not discerning what God is saying right now. There is a word of the Holy Spirit coming to his church. There's a move of the Holy Spirit coming to his church. And God is saying, quit being worried about so many things. Quit busying yourself with the old, but it's time to be like Mary. So what did Mary do in verse 39? And she had a sister Mary who also did what? Sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. See, there's a time where God is saying, slow down, church. Quit being worried and turmoiled about this and frustrated about this and concerned about that. Those are distractions right now. It's time to slow down and take time with Jesus. It's time to hear what the Lord is saying over your life, over your children, over your family. What is the Lord speaking to you about your church? The Lord is speaking right now, and I'm asking you, are you listening? Or are you so busy that Jesus shows up every day the same way, and this is just how I do my life? 24-7 happens over and over, just like Groundhog Day, and we're never really hearing what the Lord is trying to say right now. In my spirit, God is saying this church is about to shift with the greatest move of God. And God is saying, quit being worried about what you're going through and give life away. Give love away. Give the power of God away. And you watch God shift your life forever when you give it away. Amen? It's so easy to come to church and be consumers. When we consume and we consume, now God's saying it's time to give it away. And so Mary... She was sitting at Jesus' feet in verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to hurry. Tell her to help. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, listen to this, which will never be taken away from her forever. See, when you stop and you listen to God and you have this moment where, God, my life is not my own. 
I'm going to take time to pray. I'm going to take time to get in your word. I'm going to take time to have a relationship with you. Even though it is crucifying my flesh, even though I really don't want to sacrifice time, but I'm going to do it anyway. When you do that, you will hear something special from God. And when you hear a voice from God for your life, nobody can take that away from you. There are things that I walk and pray and I hear directly from God and nobody can take it away from me. Nobody, because I heard it from my father. A circumstance could scream at me different, but I've heard it from my father. I could have everything resistance about what God said, but you can't take it away from me because I heard from my father. See, when you break yourself and you give yourself away to God and you give yourself time, it changes the trajectory of your life forever. Not only your life, but your children's life and a city's life and a nation's life. Amen. I'm preaching something in the spirit today that is going reverberation in the spirit for this to come to pass in our church. I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm, Pastor Paul, I feel like I'm a chauffeur and I have no ability to do a trumpet at all. But I feel like there's a sound of the spirit right now that the Lord is trying to say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because there's a purity of my spirit coming from this house. There's a move of the spirit coming from this house. And God's going to use his people to make that happen. Amen? And then the trivial things of life will not matter because we're going to be kingdom-minded. We're going to be about the business of God. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy the pleasures of life. I've traveled the world vacations, but I've also traveled the world on missions trips. Amen? You can do both. When you're broken, it's not like I got to be, you know, died, you know, I can't do anything fun. No, it's both. But it's kingdom-minded first. Amen? It's putting Jesus first in your life. All right, so we see where Mary now sat in what? She got this revelation. Now go over to Mark chapter 14, verse 3. And it says this. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flax of very costly oil of spikenard. This is Mary, the same woman we just talked about sitting at Jesus' feet. Then she did what? She broke the flask and did what? Poured it on his head. See, Mary, because she took the time to sit at Jesus' feet, I believe Jesus at that moment wasn't just sharing anything. At this moment, I believe Jesus was sharing about his death and the burial and his resurrection. And because Mary took time to slow down, she got a revelation of who Jesus really was. He wasn't just good old boy that came after his journeys of signs, wonders, and miracles. See, we can get comfortable with Jesus, can't we? We get comfortable with Jesus showing up. We get familiar with his spirit. But when you stop to hear them, you will get a new revelation of who he really is. You'll get a revelation that he is the son of God who died a gruesome death and rose from that grave. Amen. And is seated right by the right hand of God the Father. And when you get that revelation, you're willing to give it all away. And Mary went in the privacy of her home, whether anybody knew or not, and took this most expensive perfume. And it was worth a a year's wage of today's time, a year's wage. And it was sealed. And I don't know what she was saving it for. I don't know how long it took her to save. But because she got this revelation of who Jesus was, she went and got the most valuable thing in her life. And she took it to Jesus. And what did she do? She broke it. And she poured it. She gave it all away. She was willing to be broken for God, and she anointed him for his death on that cross because of her revelation. She didn't say, well, here's a little bit, Jesus. 
boy, I love Jesus so much and I know you're going to die for me. I don't really understand it, so here's a little bit. See, we can get in this mindset, we just come to Jesus and just give a little bit. If I just worship, if I make it on that Sunday, if I make it on that Wednesday, if I serve just a little bit, I'm good. And God is saying, no, go all in. When you know who I am, you'll give it all away. You'll give your time. You'll give your resources. You'll give your love. You'll pray for people. You'll lay your life down because you realize it's not about you. It's about God anyway. Amen? And so she broke that. She broke it. And what was inside of it, this sweet aroma. And so not only was what was precious to her that she gave to Jesus, everyone around her got to experience her brokenness. See, when you get broken and when you truly give it all to God in whatever ways, wherever you can in your life, all of a sudden everybody around you will be affected by your brokenness. All of a sudden somebody's going to get saved. A family member's going to call you and give their life to Jesus. Somebody's going to get healed. All of a sudden the effects of your brokenness will play out for the kingdom of God. And you know what they did? They judged her and said, how dare you? Why would you do that? Why would you waste that? Why would you waste your money and your resources? We could have done so much more with that. And that's how the world is, or maybe family members are. Why would you give it all to the church? Why would you waste your time serving? Life is short. Live our life, right? Let's be happy. This is what the world tells us to do. But when you give it all away and you really are broken, you don't care what people think anymore. You don't care if you're going to get a door slammed in your face and rejected. And that's probably a rarity that that happens. But you don't care. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. You don't mind serving with the babies. You don't mind taking the youth on, on missions trips and camps and stuff. You don't mind working on kidventions and coming in and giving extra time for our babies who need to know Jesus, right? You don't mind re reaching out and feeding the homeless. Why? Because it's all about the kingdom. You're saying, God, it is not my own. And I'm going to tell you something. You cannot outgive God. You give God time, God will multiply your time. You give God your money, he'll multiply your money. You give God prayer and love to someone else, love and prayer is going to come right back to your house. But the devil keeps us locked up in our little safety zone, just a little nub, and I'm not going to give it all away because I'm happy. And then you ask yourself, am I really happy? Because I need to make it to next Sunday to get happy again, right? Because the greatest joy, we're equipped to give love away. We're equipped to have courageous faith. So what does she do? Her, her gift represented her past, and her gift represented her future, because she had no idea where her resources were going to come from. And you know what? She said, I don't care. And that's how it is with God. Amen. We've got to be a church that says, I don't care. Two years ago, when I took this church over, two, almost two years ago, the Lord says, this church will look like no other church. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just know we're going to preach the truth, and we're going to inspire you to be so winners for Jesus. Inspire you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We're challenging the women on Monday. She's doing supernatural Thursday nights, men's nights. We are focusing on winning the loss for Jesus. Amen. Because that's the great commission. I want us to quickly, I have a few minutes left. Mark 14, verse 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread, blessed it, and then he did what? Broke it and gave it to the disciples. Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine, and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is 
poured out as a sacrifice for many. So what do we see in the scripture verse? He said he broke it and it's poured out. He broke it and it's poured out. See, the breaking process is to pour out. It's not to cause you heartache and pain and grief and remembrance of the past. No, it's to break the hardness of your heart, break the stubbornness in our life, break the idleness of our life, right, or complacency or whatever it is so I can pour out. Now, something that Luke put in, interjected in his version of this story, Luke twenty two nineteen says this, and Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, we use this as a sacrament. We receive communion every Sunday, corporate communion once a quarter, and we do this in remembrance of Jesus. We break the bread, and we remember what he's done for us. But I believe that maybe Jesus was going a little deeper here. He's saying, if you break it and pour out, do that in remembrance of me. When you're broken and you're giving it away, you're remembering what I did for you. When you sacrifice your time and you're giving it away, you're remembering what I did for you. See, God has called his church to be the church, amen? And it's not based how good you think you are, how spiritual you think you are. It's just how available you are. If God says, you don't worship me, I'll have the rocks cry out. If he can use a rock, <laughs> he can use you. Amen. It doesn't have to be a huge platform. You don't have to have a huge audience. It could be one person that you have follow you into the gates of heaven. One. What a joy that will be. The Bible says all heaven stops and shouts and celebrates when one person gives their life to Jesus. All of heaven gets the attention when you say a prayer with one person here on earth. That's powerful. I challenge you to uh, get online and listen to Pastor Paul's message Wednesday night. It was a phenomenal push of the Holy Spirit of winning the lost. And it ties right into this portion of my message that this is where the church, that God is anchoring our church. And he's calling us to do that. Amen. Do this in remembrance. Paul said, I'm like a poured out, I'm poured out like a drink offering. So when you give love away, it's like offering someone a fresh drink. What a wonderful feeling that would be. Amen to give love away. I'm telling you, if they reject you, who cares? But they may not. You may give them a right-on word. You may give them a breakthrough moment. They may be filled with the Holy Spirit when you speak to them. You never know what God will do. Amen. We had uh, so much wonderful ministry here Thursday night, so much breakthrough and deliverance is happening. And I can't tell you, and it wasn't just through the pastors and elders. There's a whole group of people over here just praying. And I got call after call, women, I get, that was so awesome. I was praying, and this happened, and that happened. That's what it's about. That's what it was about, praying for one woman that was getting set free, got everybody lit on fire. And that's what makes the church exciting, amen? And not just here in the four walls, but take it outside. Okay, let me, uh, let me do this. When you're broken, when you're truly broken, you don't care what people think about you. You don't care. You'll give it all away because you know that God is working through your lives. And there's this quote that I found, and it just impressed me so much. And it says, you can impress people with your strengths, but you connect with people through your weaknesses. And so many of us come in here on Sunday, I love Jesus, praise God, hallelujah. And we're all these spiritual, strong people. But really, we have a story to tell. We 
have a place with God. And when you are broken and you can share that on the other side of your healing, you now are vulnerable. And being vulnerable is uncomfortable. But when you can connect with someone with what Jesus did for you, how God healed you, how God healed your marriage, how God brought you out of the pit of death and set you into a place of his, of his um, joy and his kingdom, when you can share that story, you are connecting with people that will change their lives forever. We have to be willing to sit with someone and not act like we're perfect. How many times have you been in a church service here where I've shared a vulnerable story? I try to be very vulnerable and real with you, where I lost faith in God or whatever the story was. And I could, when I'm sharing it, I just feel your heart floods open. Because you're like, man, if she can do that, I can do it too. And that's what the world is looking for. If you can sit down with someone, share your story, and be vulnerable with someone, they're not looking for perfect people. The world isn't looking for perfect Christians. They're not looking for you to say it just right and look just right and be religious about it. They're looking for hope and freedom. And so if you can sit down with them and share, you'll connect with them in a way that they've never been connected with before. Amen? Uh, I found this story of Dr. Henry Cloud. I you guys are familiar with him. He's a wonderful teacher. And uh, he said that, he says, I can't prove this. He said, but I believe God made the tears come from the eyes for a reason. He's like, if you think about it, God could have had tears come from anywhere, the body. Any other way they could have come out, but they came out of the eyes. He said, and I believe that God allowed them to come from the eyes because when you're speaking with someone and you see those tears, you're connecting with them with compassion. And you're saying, look at me. You're not saying me on the spiritual person, but when you can connect emotionally with someone, you can connect and share your story, and, and the real emotions are there, now you've won their heart, and now you can win them to Jesus, amen? Amen. All right, let me share this last scripture verse with you in John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 24 through 26. Jesus said to her, no, oh, excuse me. Where am I at? John 12, 24. One more page over. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Stop right there for a second. You are a seed of life, and God has caused us to produce fruit in our life in every way. And the Bible's saying, unless that grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. See, the process of a seed to produce life has to die first. And if you're just a seed on a shelf, you're going to go to heaven, and it's a wonderful thing, but you will die there alone when God has called you to win so many people to Jesus. God has called you to be a fluence in, whatever, uh, influence in any way that you can. So that seed, what does it have to do? It has to be willing to go into the ground and die to itself. And when that seed dies, what does the Bible says? But if it dies, it produces much grain. See, when you're willing to die to yourself and sacrifice yourself a little bit for Jesus, you will produce a fruit that heaven will recognize. There will be people that will go into heaven and say, well done. God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And he will say, look and see who is here because of you. Can you imagine the joy of that moment that all of heaven, when we get to heaven, everything that we've done for God will be tried by fire? Everything that you've done in your works will be tried by fire. And the Bible says whatever you did for your own selfish ambition will be burned up and blown away. But whatever you did for God will be a jewel in your crown. 
will be given glory. But then the Bible goes on to say, but even after we get our crowns full of jewels for all the things we did do for God, we're going to go into his throne and we're going to cast our crowns at his feet anyway because it's not going to mean anything. We don't want our stuff to be tried by fire and just burned up. I want to do something for Jesus. I want to win the city for Jesus. I want to see people delivered and set free, amen. Marriages restored, addiction people set free. There was a, a sweet man over here, came in off the street, so drunk, and I'm like, Lord, touch him. Let him feel your power right here in this church. Deliver him of alcohol right here. Dry it up in his body so that he can know your presence. I believe this church will do that. I believe God is putting this church in an atmosphere of miracles because when you're a bro you are broken, faith is a rise inside of your heart and you'll believe God for the most unbelievable things. Amen. And we'll see blinded eyes open. We're going to see the deaf ear we actually already have in this church. We'll see lame walk. We're going to see demons come out of people. We're going to see prostitutes come in and be set free and transformed by the power of God because we need to look and smell like the church. Amen. It's time to quit being pretty, smelling good, looking good, everything pristine, and let's get the world one to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm even done four minutes early, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's not a real shouting message, but if you'll do it, it'll bring the greatest joy of your life, I promise you, amen. Search me, break me, next week is send me, Lord. Send me, Lord, amen. Have you closed your eyes this morning? Anyone here that needs to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Surrendering all, confessing your sins to the Father, not man, but to the Father. I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me of all of my sin. I'm making you my Lord, and I'm making you my Savior. And Father God, I'm asking you to search me and break me and let me pour out the goodness of your Spirit. In Jesus' name. With all eyes still closed, if you said that prayer this morning and you mean it with all of your heart to the Lord, just lift your hand up all over this room, all over this room, even the broken part. You're like, Lord, use me. My life is not my own. Just say yes to the Lord this morning. Say yes to his plan, yes to his will, yes to his way, yes to his assignment. God, we say yes to you today, God. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Lord, let this church be and look what you've called it to be. Let this church arise, God. Let the callings on the inside of their hearts awaken in the name of Jesus. Let their spirits, Lord, begin to come alive and be charged, Lord God. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you visit every one of them in their homes, in their cars, and let them have a special visitation of you, Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by your spirit. And so, God, awaken this church, shake this church, Lord God. Let us win this city to Jesus. Let us see the signs, wonders, and miracles that you've called us to experience, all giving glory unto you, Father God. And we just thank you. We praise you and glorify you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord a great big praise this morning. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. I love all of you so much. Thank you for letting me share this message with you, and uh, I love you. Have a wonderful day. Monday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday night, we got church going on. So love you all. Have a great day.